0: welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host Stevie TPFL. It is time to talk football. It's week 11 already, and joined today by my good buddy
1: Genie for 07 Grant. What's happening, my friend? Eh, not a whole lot. Just we were, we we're talking about this slate before I started. It's not great, especially considering how many like decent totals there are on the board. You'd expect to like love more things. And I'm not there, and and it doesn't sound like you are either.
0: This slate is... (laughs) So this, this slate is a GPP dream, right? Because the Cowboys and Chiefs game is going to be by far the most popular game on the slate. But it should be. So it's like... In tournaments, you kind of just play some of these other games and hope that like there's like there's two or three games that we're going to talk about where I think they're a potential shootout, and you just hope that they outscore, or you pair them with the Kansas City game because I mean that Kansas City game is, is on paper is fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's it's going to be incredible. Like I'm 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 generally a red zone guy, and I'm a Seahawks fan, which are playing at the same time. Chances are, I'm probably just going to be watching the KC game the entire time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm 100% going to watch that game. But anyway, uh, let's get into it. 12 games, right? Or 11 games? Is it 12 or 11? I can never remember. Um, so let's jump in. We get started here. Houston at Tennessee, 44 and a half total. Tennessee is a 10 point favorite. There's some potential weather in this game. Um, I know Kevin Roth had was talking about it um let me pull up his report maybe he was talking about it okay well he'll have the week 11 update up here soon but uh, i know he was talking about it anyway let's start here with the houston team uh any interests here with houston
1: I mean, I'm a little bit surprised to see only a 17.25 total for them. Um, It seems like it's a little bit low. Tennessee, I know, has been good this year, but they really haven't been the best defensive team in the league. And, I mean, they've had so many injuries so far this season. It just seems like kind of a bad line. Tennessee has given up the most points to opposing wide receivers, the fifth most points to opposing quarterbacks. I think there's a sneaky spot where Taylor and Cooks could end up doing some work here. I mean, Cooks has such a huge target share. and I know that Taylor really didn't have a great game last time he went out on the field and threw a bunch of picks up against Miami. But, I mean, he was playing pretty good before he got injured. I think that he can get it done there with his legs. I, I, I honestly think this is a sneaky, like, potential Houston wins this spot. Um, I know Houston isn't good, but Tennessee tends to, a lot of time, play up to good competition, play down to bad competition. So I think there's a spot where you can definitely end up targeting Cooks and Taylor, and I think pairing them together for a cheaper stack is not the worst idea in the world. Staying away from the running game, staying away from other wide receivers, probably staying away from tight ends, but I think Cooks and Taylor make pretty solid GPP plays.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like Cooks in this spot depending on the weather, but – I mean, I hear you on Taylor, like he's someone that, I mean, I'm just, I'm kind of like, I don't even know what to say. Like I I got burned by him so bad um, against Miami, but I mean, that was, they were off in week 10, right? They didn't play last week. So bad taste in my mouth on Tyrod Taylor, but he threw the ball 43 times. We saw 13 targets to cooks. um, So if the weather's okay. I definitely like cooks and I mean, I hear you on Taylor. He's five K and then on the Tennessee side of things, I mean, we kind of got, um, I'd say I'd almost say this running back situation is like a three headed monster. Um, and what I thought was kind of shocking now in, is just the pass attempts for Tannin Hill. Hasn't kind of moved. Um, they controlled the game against new Orleans, And I'm a little game against LA. Yeah. So, I mean, is this a spot where if, if they're controlling the game against Houston, we're just not going to see a a ton of production. Um, What are your thoughts here on Tennessee?
1: Yeah. I mean, if they're controlling the game, I think it's likely the Tannehill doesn't really have a big game, but I don't think there's any Like I said, I think there's a sneaky spot where Houston could end up winning. Like Tennessee's not as good as their record shows. Like they're not a bad team. Like they're definitely a good team, but without Derrick Henry, they don't really have a reason to just run the ball every single time, and Tannehill's good. Like AJ, AJ Brown's good. Like they have some offensive weapons, and Tannehill's the kind of the main guy in this. Going up against a soft Houston team, I'm not going to be surprised if they end up throwing the ball a decent amount. I know that game script will entirely dictate that for the most part, but it, I think it, you can. I think that you can still play Tannehill. Like I think you can still t- play Tannehill, and you can play AJ Brown. Obviously, last week, on top of the fact that they controlled the game, like, A.J. Brown was in a rough matchup going up against Latimer. Um, This week, not going to be nearly as tough. So, I think you can play A.J. Brown. I think you can play Tannehill. I'm staying away from the running game. Like, I get probably Foreman's the main back right now. But I don't really trust anything. I know Adrian Peterson can vulture a touchdown or two. Like, this is just a running game where – they're all not super cheap, and who knows what's going to end up happening. So yeah, pretty much just Tannehill and AJ Brown. Like I really don't hate it though. I don't I think that Houston has a legit possibility of winning this game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think pairing Cooks and Brown together and just kind of hoping you get some production out of the wide receivers is what I'll be looking at here. Moving on, we got Baltimore at Chicago, 46 total. Baltimore is a a five-and-a-half-point favorite here. Uh, Lamar Jackson, questionable coming into this game. Sounds like he's more on the side of probable than actually questionable, so we'll have to kind of pay attention. Um, It was a non-COVID illness. so um, And then Hollywood Brown dealing with like a thigh injury. And he didn't practice on Wednesday. We'll see if he returns to practice today. Um, let's start here with the Baltimore side of things. Like Bateman is getting targets. Um, and even like, even with Bateman getting targets, like Andrews and Brown still getting targets and they've just kind of abandoned, like running the ball 30 times a game, but they've played in really good game scripts too. Um, you know, they got down, against Miami and the Minnesota game was kind of like a shootout. So what are your thoughts here on Baltimore?
1: Yeah, I mean Lamar's in play every single week. He's seeing an AK. He's an easy pivot off of Mahomes. Um, just because he does offer that huge upside with what he can get down on the ground, what he get down through the air. Like 45 or 46 total in this game is like a little lower than i it to be. Um Chicago's probably going to run the ball a decent amount, like they seem to almost every single week, although they've been letting Fields throw it a little bit more recently. He's actually done pretty well. But, yeah, like Bateman, Brown, and Andrews kind of are all priced about where they should be. I think Andrews is probably my favorite play of the three just because he's tight in eligible and he has a f- double touchdown upside. But I, I don't hate this game or this specific Baltimore stack as a pivot kind of off of the Casey, the Dallas stack. It's one of the few on the slate outside of like Buffalo and maybe one other one that can really end up beating the Casey or Dallas stack if they just don't go off for a massive game. So I don't hate it. I just, I don't love it. I mean, I don't like how much money you're going to end up spending on Lamar and Brown and Andrews. So it's not bad, but yeah, the volume is definitely has been there for all three of those guys. They're pretty much the entire concentration of the offense. They're not running the ball as much anymore. So it, it's not the worst item in the world. It's just it's tough to get off that Dallas game.
0: It is. It really is. Uh, I mean, the Chicago side of this game, Justin Fields has kind of been impressive. I mean, he's someone that, I mean, they almost beat Pittsburgh. They were kind of in the game against San Francisco, and he's he's throwing the ball a little bit more. They're letting him use his legs you know, eight attempts at least in three straight games after not really doing anything in his first few starts. Um, what are your thoughts here on Chicago?
1: Yeah, I'm definitely liking the fact that, like, oh, it's time for me to wake up. I'm not normally recording this early. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 like, it was an easy bet earlier on in the season, just under, like, 25 pass attempts for Justin Fields. They've let him sling it recently, and a lot, like, before they were just happy to run the ball with Herbert over and over and over again and just kind of concede games. This one's at a five and a half point spread. It should be moderately close here. Fields has been throwing the ball 30 times a game. He's been rushing the ball. He's only 5.7 K. This is the fields that we took as chalk in what week four, week five, whatever it was. And this is kind of what we were hoping for. He's been pretty solid, put up almost 300 yards in the last game. He has wide receivers. He, I don't hate Cole Komet in this one. I mean, he's been targeted six, six, and eight times in the last three games. Baltimore is one of the best teams to target tight ends against, whether it means anything or not. It could just be matchups because of the tight ends that they faced. But, like, this is a spot where they're going to probably have to sling the ball at ease They're going to let Fields do what he's been doing. And Baltimore is probably around an average defense right now. So, and add on that Baltimore has had a big proclivity of keeping games close and with worse teams. I mean, they – Miami, Detroit, both games were far closer than they should have. They were down big to, I think, the Colts it was on Monday Night Football. So, they keep games close, and then they're just kind of forced into a shootout. Again, this is a sneaky game stack where you can either go with Fields or Lamar on either side and kind of hope that, all right, this game just turns into a shootout and stays close.
0: Yeah. I think this is one of the games that is definitely interesting because if Baltimore gets up, Chicago's going to be playing catch up. And I mean, they've definitely shown the want to throw. Um, I mean, they have options here. Like Cole Komet, I think is super interesting. Baltimore, <clears throat> kind of forgets about the tight end sometimes so i think someone like cole commit mooney allen robinson I, those guys are always options but i think if you're looking at like a baltimore stack here i think you're running it back with like a Comet, a, a robinson or a mooney um because this game does have i mean it has some upside in it miami at new york facing the jets 45 total here miami a three and a half point favorite uh tua going to be back at the starting job here um what are your thoughts on the dolphins
1: gaskin jets have been bad <laughs> pretty much all around but also bad against the post putting running backs by like a pretty big margin um we currently have gaskins projected at like 16 percent. i i don't care i'll eat that like he's gotten a bunch of attempts like he's gotten almost 20 touches a week for the last four weeks he's clearly the main guy in this offense he has not produced with those touches but we've seen him put up some decent games and just my just the jets are so bad versus opposing running backs i don't think i want to target waddle i don't think i want to target Tua. i don't think i want to target parker if he's back like Gaseki, maybe um, is not the worst idea in the world, but I think this is gonna be a Gaskins game. and it's hard to trust him, but like he's probably gonna get a lot of carries. This game's probably gonna be in Miami's favor, and Jets run defense is absolutely atrocious.
0: I actually don't mind Jalen Waddle. Um, Tua has kind of locked into this guy the Jets defense is terrible. Like you were just saying, they're, they're just terrible in general. Um, I think they're like 30th overall worst defense in the league this season. So um, I mean, I don't mind Goseki, I don't mind Waddle. I love Gaskin. I'm right there with you. Um, I just, the opportunity is, is there. And he just hasn't had a good game recently. And I think this is a game that like he could get back on track and we could see like a, a 20 plus fantasy point game. Um, it's so crazy to think like his best game of the season was against Tampa Bay. <laughs> like uh it's it's just crazy to think about, but
1: well, I mean, not crazy when you consider you did he got like 10 catches.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just you think about Tampa, you're like, oh, they don't I mean, they they do allow pass catching backs to do well, but uh jet side of this game, Joe Flacco is going to start at quarterback this week. Um, I don't even, I have no idea what to expect here because I mean, the Dolphins run defense looked terrible to start the season and the last two or three weeks, they've been fantastic. So I don't know if this is a spot that I want to play Michael Carter at 5,800. And I mean, do I really trust Joe Flacco to throw the ball to Corey Davis and Crowder and Moore and Griffin?
1: Probably not. I mean he's cheap. He's cheap. My Carter's probably a little bit underpriced for what he's been doing recently. But yeah, like this Dolphins defense is probably middle of the pack. Um Carter's clearly the main guy in this offense, but yeah, like if you're playing Flacco, who who do you pair him with like? He could Crowder, be Crowder, right? I mean either Crowder, maybe Corey Davis, maybe Elijah Moore, maybe Keelan Cole, like I don't know. That's that's kind of the problem is they have four mediocre wide receivers. That, that that's what they have, and trying to figure out who's going to end up getting most of the volume. Who 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 really knows that? Like I know we've seen Flacco in New York before, but I just I like it, it's tough to really trust anything. Like if I, the only way I would play Flacco is it, I'm in one hundred percent of those stacks. I'm bringing it back with Gaskin. Like, that that's it. It's strictly his correlation. He doesn't stand out as a great play. He's just cheap with cheap wide receivers. And Gaskin's a very good play. And it kind of assures that, all right, the game script is going to be is going to throw the ball 40 times. I mean, we've seen – I mean, we saw Mike White put up big numbers. We saw What's-His-Name put up big numbers. They passed the ball 44 times last week. But, I mean, it, it's just a disgusting thought to – be playing joe flacco in 2021
0: i mean i think that like the short routes type of like Jamison crowder type of routes are kind of what flacco leans towards here but i mean i think it's impossible to kind of guess um in this spot so one of the reasons why it's like do i really want to play joe flacco probably not he's so cheap going up against the dolphins though yeah uh saints and eagles 43 total here philadelphia is a two-point favorite
1: um talk to me about the saints Kamara, if he plays marking room if he doesn't that's it like i don't want to mess with anything i know that simeon really hasn't been terrible so far at the helm he's put up pretty decent numbers and i know that philly isn't really the best passing defense in the league or the best defense overall in the week league they're below average but like to, I mean, I, I think they're just going to run the ball on the ground. Um Philly's 20th in DBOA versus the run. So if Kamara ends up playing, I think that you can use him. But obviously, Taysom Hill always has a chance to snake some touchdowns from Kamara. Like, this is just – it's a 42 or 43 total game. And – I think that honestly might be a little high. I I mean, I know Jalen Hurts seems to get it done every single week, but I think there could be like 10 punts in this game. I I don't really see any huge amount of fantasy value here. I don't see any huge ceiling on a slate where you probably need it with the high team totals. So I'm I'm most likely just going to fade New Orleans. Unless Kamara's out, then Ingram obviously makes a very good value play. Yeah, I mean,
0: we'll have to kind of see Kamara back at practice. So it was limited, but if he plays, I mean, I think you could definitely take some shots on him here. I hate to say it, but I kind of have a little interest in Trotman. Philadelphia has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season, and the suit's coming off of seven and six targets with Simeon at quarterback makes perfect – perfect sense he's 3300 he's just so cheap if he was able to just like score one touchdown on his like 30 yards and five catches like at his price it, it makes some sense to me so i don't mind maybe looking at trotman here um but i don't think this is a spot i want to play smith callaway harris or any of these guys um if i had to pick one i'd probably pick harris um but yeah i think trapman is the pass catcher outside of camara that i want and if camara doesn't play ingram like you said um the philadelphia side miles sanders got designated to return so assuming he's going to play if um he's good to go so we'll have to kind of see if he's going to be back or not he's 5k he's pretty cheap uh, Devontae Smith, we'll have to see if Goddard is going to play. I think he's another one that we're going to be kind of watching some news on in this one. Um, it was concussion. He didn't practice Wednesday, so he really needs to return to the field today or tomorrow, uh, to play here or to be like Jack stole, um, at tight end. So, I mean, I'm with you. I think this game is a, is a game that goes under, um, this point. I think the, the spread in this game is a little high. And I think this is just going to be a game where two teams are going to try to control the ball and, you know, just a slow pace, low scoring game.
1: Yeah. I'm never going to argue with playing Jalen hurts, but this is a spot where you probably don't want to, I get the games. Sc- it doesn't even like the saints are a dog here. The game script doesn't project for them to be throwing the ball a ton. Um Like, New Orleans is one of the best run defense in the league, so maybe he throws the ball a little bit, but they're still not a bad pass defense. They're going to have – if they get Miles Sanders back, like I still think they end up using Boston Scott a little bit, Howard a little bit, um, Gainwell. Like I, I can't trust anyone in this running game. They weren't giving Miles Sanders runs before he got injured. If Goddard ends up missing, yeah, get maybe taking a sh- shot on Smith, but like – it's still people might chase the two touchdown game from last week. So people are gonna play him at probably a higher rate than they should. This is a tough match, but this is gonna be a low-scoring game. I'm I'm just kind of full on out on it.
0: Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I'm at. I, I feel like if this game shoots out, I'm probably not gonna have a good day.
1: <laughs> you know, uh, unless the the Chiefs shoot out even more.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can always play Jalen Hurts, always. I mean, he has two rushing touchdown upside on any given slate. So, I mean, you could always you could always take shots on Hurts. It's just I don't like this game particularly. Um, we got the Colts and the Bills, 49.5 total here. Buffalo, seven-point favorite. Um, watching the weather on this one because this is one of the games that I think can keep up with the Colts or the Chiefs and Cowboys. Um, let's start here with the Colts side of things. The Buffalo defense has been one of the best defenses in the league this season, but I think the talent for Wentz here with Taylor and Pittman and T.Y. Hilton back, Jack Doyle like, I think the talent is enough to keep this game close.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something it's being played in Buffalo, so definitely look out for weather because if the weather is bad, then I, like the total is probably going to drop four points if the weather is not great in this one. I mean, it's currently sitting at one of the highest on the slate. It's at fifty almost, and like the fact that even up against the toughest defense in the league in Buffalo, like Indy still has a twenty-one point two five total. I know Buffalo really hasn't done a ton on offense, but this could be a high scoring spot here. I mean, Indy kind of forces the opposing team to throw a decent amount. Um, it's kind of what they end up doing, in, Buffalo is perfectly happy to throw it at well above average rate, regardless of the game script. So this does make a shootout. I mean, Wentz I probably have less interest in than playing like Michael Taylor, even up against a tough running defense. Like you can still get it done. Colts have a good enough offense line where it really doesn't matter too much. But Pittman I think is the play here. Um, I know he didn't do much versus Jacksonville last week, but every other week he's been crushing it. He's gotten a lot of, plays that are just set to throw to him. Wentz likes to throw the ball to him. He's gotten an average of like nine targets over the last three weeks. He's a solid overall wide receiver. 6.1K isn't probably enough considering the volume and the potential TD upside that he has because they like throwing to him in the red zone. And Taylor, like He's one of those guys at this point where the volume is absolutely there and he's kind of matchup and game script proof because they'll use him in the receiving game a decent amount and they'll dump off the ball to him. So he's a guy that can end up getting there easily and should be entirely unowned in this spot here. So it's it's mostly those two guys. I don't think I want to go with Wentz, but I like both these guys' as a bring back because I like the Buffalo side of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I like the Buffalo side of this game too. So I'm looking at like Pittman. I'm looking at Taylor. Uh, Taylor, he's just someone that's so involved in both the running game and the passing game. If they get behind, they use him. I think this could be an interesting spot if you really want to go way off the board to take a shot maybe on like Hines if you think Buffalo is going to get up in this game. Uh, The Buffalo side of things, I mean, I like Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs a lot. Um, Outside of that, I don't like anything else on this team. Like, I want to play Allen, and I want to play Diggs. You can play Beasley and Sanders if you want to, but I think it's Allen and Diggs here.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. I probably have a little bit more interest in Beasley and Sanders. I mean, Diggs finally had his big game last week, and I was real happy to see that. But like I said, Buffalo is going to pass the ball here. Like, Indy is one of the best run defenses in the league. And Buffalo's already shown they don't care about running the ball. They'll just pass it 30, 40 times in a game. They can run it with Josh Allen. Like, yeah, I'm targeting those guys. And you, you forgot to mention one of the best touchdown tight ends in the league, in Deb, Dawson Knox.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know it's
1: not a showdown slate, but Knox, I think, is definitely a guy that's in play at 4K, has some touchdown upside. But yeah, Diggs is in for a monster game here.
0: Yeah, this is one of those games where I'm definitely going to be stacking. It's just, like I said, I think you really need Pittman or Taylor to have big games to make this stack, this game stack kind of work because you want you want the Colts to keep up with the Bills. So um, I love Allen and Diggs here. And if I do start stacking it more and more, I'll get some Beasley and Sanders in there as well. And I think this is like – this is – one of, like I said, three games that I kind of have circled to to just kind of pivot a little bit off of the Cowboys and Chiefs. Um, moving on, we got the Lions and the Browns, 44 total here. Cleveland, 11-point favorite. Um, let's start here with Detroit. Anything standing out to you?
1: No. <laughs> just no. Detroit. I mean, outside Swift, obviously, who's... Pretty much game script proof. He can get any. He can break out in almost any single game, either rushing or through the receiving game. So he'll be in there. I like him. I'm I'm probably staying with in passing game. I mean, whether it's Goff or whoever it is, in um, this game does not matter. Detroit's a just dumpster fire outside of Swift. Like if you want to take a shot in the Hawks, then that's fine. They're probably going to, have to be throwing the ball a lot. But this is, this is just a game where I think it's either swift or nothing on the Detroit side of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree 100%. Swift or nothing for me. Um, yeah. I mean, this guy just – he ran the ball so much last week against Pittsburgh. Jared Goff really banged up. He might not even play in this game. If Jared Goff ends up sitting – I think Hawkinson could be really interesting for a young quarterback – But, I mean, 5,700 just seems like a lot. Uh, On the Cleveland side, I mean, Nick Chubb, as of right now, is still on the COVID-19 list. Um, And they said he's still very uncertain to play or not. Um, He still has to return, I think, is it two negative tests? So, I mean, it could could be today and tomorrow or Friday and Saturday. So, we'll have to kind of see. We should know by Saturday if Chubb is going to play or not if chubb plays i love him in this spot if chubb sits i love johnson in this spot i don't like anything else in this game on the cleveland side Uh, the cleveland defense i like the cleveland defense
1: yeah yeah i mean that's pretty much it i mean detroit like detroit's not a good defense detroit's not a good team this game shouldn't be close i know it's football anything can happen any given week but like this is a spot where uh We're likely just going to see them run the ball over and over again, whether it's Johnson or Chubb, whoever ends up playing. I think they're great tournament plays, but outside of that, just no real interest.
0: Yeah, that's a catch-up game. Moving on, we got the Packers and the Vikings, 49-and-a-half total here Green Bay, a two-point favorite. Hey, Grant, you think this is one of my games that I think is going to shoot out?
1: Maybe. Yes. Yes.
0: I mean, how many shootouts has Minnesota been in this season? It feels like I don't even know.
1: They're leading the league in games, not only games where they've had the lead and lost, but also games lost by a or decided by one score. Like, I think they're by far in the lead. I think second is San Diego.
0: They've at least allowed what, at least 20 points in all but like three games this season or something like that. So, like, I don't know. I love this game. Um, I mean, let's right off the bat, no Aaron Jones. He's doubtful. AJ Dillon got a price increase to sixty two hundred. Not probably enough. high enough. High enough. And Devontae Adams. The the best thing about the Green Bay Packers, you can stack it with three players: Rodgers, Dylan, Adams. You don't have to play anybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, we know that Rodgers is going to throw the ball to Adams being tagged. I mean, you could sack with two players and not even throw Rodgers in there and do like a Cousins-Jefferson stack on the other side. Adams is going to get 10-plus targets pretty much every single week. Rodgers is playing in a dome. It's a divisional game. It's probably <laughs> going to be – In a dome. <laughs> yeah. Like, Adams is probably the – probably the main guy you want to force into your lineups and – A.J. Dillon is just far too cheap considering he's going up against one of the worst run defenses in the league, and he's he's going to get, like, all the volume. Like, this is just a great spot for both of them. We know exactly where things are going. This game's likely to be a shootout. It's a great matchup for Dillon, and matchups really don't matter for Adams. Like, yeah, just load him up. Rodgers is my least favorite piece, but I still have no problem playing him.
0: Going to the Minnesota side, like you said, Cousins and Jefferson is interesting. Thielen and Cook are also interesting. Um, Cocklin is interesting. Yeah. Like, you know, I talked about him last week, and he was one of the only things that I got right last week. Um, I mean, Minnesota, there's just so many different ways you could stack it for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to stack it. You take one of Thielen, Jefferson, or Cook. I'd say almost every single week, but If you wanted to just stack it, I think Jefferson's my preferred target. It's a little bit tough to pay for him, bringing it back with uh, Devontae Adams. But who knows? Like, Ingram could open up. Johnson could open up. Like, there could be some cheaper options here that you can still get into your lineup. But Jefferson's clearly the alpha in this lineup. Him and Cook, one of them tends to go off for every single game. Um, Sometimes both of them together go off for pretty decent games. Yeah, you're playing one of them as a bring back. And if you want to throw Cousins in there, I know we haven't seen a lot of big Cousins games yet, but this could be the spot here. I mean, going up against Green Bay, I know they've been much better versus the pass and versus the run but this being played in a Dome. Cousins has had some 300-yard games. So I think this is a spot where you can play almost any of them. And, yeah, you mentioned Coughlin. Um, Yeah, I think he had two touchdowns last week. Didn't do much else outside of that, but he's been targeted five plus times in each of the last four games. He's sitting there under 4K still. He's a guy that I like throwing in there if I'm throwing in Cousins and want to do a little double stack with Conklin and either Thielen or Jefferson.
0: This game's fantastic. The, the, The fantastic thing about this game is there's so many different ways to stack Minnesota because there's so many pieces that could go off in this game, and you just run it back with Dylan and Adams because they're such an easy team to stack. Washington at Carolina, forty-three total. Carolina three and a half point favorites. Let's start with the Washington side of things. Uh, anything standing out to you for the football team?
1: McLaurin's always in play for tournaments. That's it. Carolina's been a very good pass defense. They've been a very good defense. Let's not have a high total. Heineke's probably not going to put up a big game. Like I didn't get that Gibson had a big game last week, but there's still kind of a split backfield, and he just happened to have uh, two different. Uh, Sorry, got a phone call, got distracted. Um, they still have two different running backs. Like, I don't even want to target either of the wide receivers if Thomas ends a playing, then sure. If he doesn't and Ricky Seals Jones is a playing, then sure, but not great.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's really McLaurin. That's kind of it. I mean, you could take some shots on Gibson if you wanted to, but I don't I don't really trust it still. He did kind of, like, retake over the backfield last week. Um, So, I mean, healthy-wise, he should be there. Um, And then on the Carolina side of things, I mean, Cam Newton going to start this game. (sighs) McCaffrey still 58% of the snaps last week. I don't know. But he
1: got injured, too.
0: Yeah, I, I just... I mean, at this point, at this price... Can we really play Christian McCaffrey? Like, especially, especially like with Cam being back, like Cam is kind of like the goal line back. I don't know, man. Yeah, that's you know, a real problem. We know like the upside for C- Christian McCaffrey in the passing game is always going to be there. Um, was it the last week he had like 10 targets or something? He had 10 catches. So, I think in tournaments you could take shots on Christian McCaffrey, but I think this is a spot you can definitely play some DJ Moore. Um, I just I don't I don't know I don't love I don't love Cam Newton being back at the helm.
1: Oh, I do! I absolutely do. Going up against Washington, one of the worst pass defenses in the league, giving up huge amounts of points, tons of time this season. Cam Newton sitting there at five K, like he. He gets one more rushing touchdown last week. He pretty much pays off his five for K price tag, and he only played like five snaps. Like they're going to use him in the red zone a lot. They're going to run the ball with him a lot. I think that he's a huge upgrade over Darnold. Not saying he's good still, but he's a big upgrade over Darnold. Like we think about last year, what he ended up doing in the Patriots offense—not a ton—but he didn't really have anyone to throw the ball to. Now he has Robbie Anderson. He has Christian McCaffrey. And he has DJ Moore. Like, he has good weapons here. Cam Newton might be one of my favorite plays on the slate, which is really weird to say. I think you can pair him with DJ Moore. I think you can pair him with Robbie Anderson. You can pair him with CMC if you really want to, or you can just play him naked because he's 5.1K and he has two, maybe even three rushing touchdown upside.
0: He's going to be the goal back. Yeah,
1: you're basically getting a running back that throws the ball a little bit and has good weapons.
0: Yeah, great weapons. Um, DJ Moore, even like Robbie Anderson and like Christian McCaffrey, obviously, not he's a great option. It's just uh 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 45 and a half total here. San Francisco is a six and a half point favorites. Um Eli Mitchell. I mean, you could play Kittle and Samuel, but the, the Jags run defense has been good. But I, I just man, Eli Mitchell is getting so much work. And well, is he gonna play? Why wouldn't did he get hurt?
1: Yeah, I think he had finger surgery.
0: Well, now you make me my, my think. Oh, he didn't practice Wednesday, but they said he expects him to play.
1: Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of assuming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he
0: did rapture his finger. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Has good chance to. I they, totally they did say he has. missed that. Yeah, yeah, he does. But they did say he has a good chance to play this weekend. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like it's it. It's in. Like obviously, we can't really figure this out early on in the week. But Debo and the running game are the only two people I want to really target in this spot. I mean. They're going, It's a, they're a big favorite. They are shown that they want to run the ball 30 times a game. Um, Mitchell, if he plays as the main back, if he's not, then Jeff Wilson, probably the guy that we'll end up going with. I mean, Trey Sermon could. I mean, Shanahan is just shown to hate us when it comes to knowing who he's going to run the ball with outside of Eli Mitchell. But they're going to run the ball a lot, and they're going to throw the ball to Debo. When they throw the ball, that's it. They'll even run the ball with Debo.
0: Yeah, I mean, he lined up his running back. Um, I mean, should we consider Jimmy G in this game? We've played almost every quarterback known to man against the Jaguars' defense this season. They ranked 30th in the pass against the pass, and they just – I mean, their sack rate is 31st in the NFL. They don't sack quarterbacks. So, like, Jimmy G with some time, um, he's 5,600. Could he put up thirty here? I know he did it against Chicago. Like, what do you think?
1: I doubt it. Like, there's just too many things that can that can happen here. Like, I I don't I don't know. I, I I just don't like trusting Jimmy G. Um, I mean, it definitely helps having Kittle back. He has more guys to throw the ball to, but they they kind of just want the want to run the ball over and over again. Um, not gonna argue with it but I'm, I'm probably out for jimmy g
0: i think he becomes more playable if mitchell ends up not playing
1: yeah potentially but i mean we've seen shanahan just like i'll throw any running back in there and run it 30 times i mean sermon that is true big weeks without mitchell
0: that is true um any interest here in the jag side of this game no just no
1: game script favorite i mean dan arnold that's pretty much it.
0: I was about to say, are you going to do it
1: again? Yeah, I mean, he's getting a huge amount of targets every single week. I mean, he's the number one receiving option on this offense right now, and he's paid off his salary. He's getting you 10 points every single week. They're going to have to throw the ball a lot, but, I mean, I'm not playing Lawrence. I'm not not bothering with any of the wide receivers in Jones or Chenault. Like, James Robinson, yeah, I could see him putting up a all-right game. He is going to get run the ball probably 15-plus times, even in a potential blowout, but I, I don't want to trust anyone here.
0: Yeah, I thought you were going to forget Dan Arnold again. That's all. Um, I like him a lot. They should be trailing in this game. They should be throwing the ball a lot in this game. I think Dan Arnold is the only guy that you can play – I mean, if Robinson ends up not playing Carlos Hyde going up against San Francisco, I don't even think I could do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, moving on. We got Cincinnati at LA or Las Vegas facing the Raiders. 49 and a half total here. Um, We'll start with the Cincinnati side. They're a one-point favorite. I mean, you look at this offense and Cincinnati should be really good. Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow coming off of a bye. I mean, the Raiders' defense is a defense that's beatable. Like, is this a spot we should be looking at Cincinnati? I
1: think so, yeah. I mean, like, Jamar Chase is crushed almost every single game this season. He has big play potential, which is exactly what you want in GVPs because he can end up with a 70-yard catch at pretty much any given moment. He's been one of the top wide receivers in the league going up against the Raiders. Raiders have a tendency to be in big scoring games like this is probably the other one outside of Buffalo that I think is and Green Bay that's probably a potential game stack that can end up outscoring the Dallas one we know that he loves to throw the ball at Chase we know that Mixon will get some work we know that the Raiders are always involved in high scoring games so I have no problem with any of the pieces in this offense at all like we've even seen Uzoma put up some pretty decent outings so far this season and Joe Mixon seems to trust him a lot and throw the ball to him a decent amount. So play pretty much anyone in this game. Like it's going to be a fun one.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, all the, I think all the pieces in this game are interesting um, on the Cincinnati side. And then on the Vegas side of this game, I mean, they're eventually going to have to get Waller going. Renfro seems like he is someone that we can kind of trust right now and then I think this is a game that we could potentially see Josh Jacobs kind of like hey I'm I'm Josh Jacobs remember me
1: yeah yeah no I mean he still has multiple multi-touchdown upside in pretty much any single game it just hasn't quite happened this season Derek Carr is slinging the ball a lot though he's under 6k like this is this type of shootout game, we could see 700, 800, 900 yards of total offense here. And we know that he's going to throw the ball predominantly to two guys, Renfro and Waller. Like, yes, Brian Edwards will get his four targets and maybe he'll catch something long. Maybe he won't. It could end up with 20 or it could end up with zero on any given game. But Renfro, Waller, the volume is absolutely going to be there pretty much every single week. Waller hasn't had a big game, but since like week one, but he always is a chance for massive outing at any given time. Again, this is kind of the uh, the pivot, up, another pivot off of the Dallas game here because this could be a lot of points being scored.
0: Arizona at Seattle 48 and a half total here. Arizona two point favorites. Um, I mean, do we think? Kyler Murray is going to be back for this game. I mean, Colt McCoy is banged up too. They, you know, Kyler Murray was limited Wednesday, um, but back at practice at least. What are your thoughts here on Arizona?
1: I don't know. Like, it all depends on if Kyler ends up playing. I think James Conner is in play regardless, just because of his touchdown upside. And the fact they still only 6.1K. Why did they not increase, increase his price tag? I really don't understand it, Seattle while their defense has gotten a lot better in recent weeks and they were the worst team against the run earlier on in the season last five weeks or so, they've been a lot better, but Connor sitting at 6.1 K I think is probably the play. Um, we'll see if Hopkins is back, but like, yeah, it, it's tough to dissect right now because of injuries, but the fact that it's a two point spread kind of makes me think that Kyler is going to play. I mean, It's in Seattle, so it would make sense that on a neutral site that Arizona would be a little bit over a three-point favorite. So the fact that it's in Seattle makes me think that Kyler's probably going to be in there.
0: Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins still didn't practice Wednesday. If he were to sit, I think you could look at Kirk. Um, I think Ertz is interesting either way. And then on the Seattle side, I mean – I played Russell Wilson everywhere last week, so um, just know that I have a bad taste in my mouth, but also know that I'm going right back to the well. I don't care if it's a tough defensive matchup going up against Arizona. I like Wilson. I like Metcalf. I like Lockett, and I don't think I want to play Collins in this spot.
1: Yep, exact same page. I think either Lockett or Metcalf. Um, go off for a decent game. I mean, Lockett still had eight targets last week. Metcalf still had eight targets last week. They were throwing the ball downfield. Russell just wasn't fully in sync with him because he's been out for a while. Like, Russell really relies on the chemistry and the timing and everything because they are a team that likes to throw the ball deep to these guys. And they just missed a lot of throws, which (laughs) – happens every once in a while but definitely happens when you've been out of practice and out of it for several weeks it's just kind of how it goes I think Russ comes back and does a little bit more on this and I think Lockett or Metcalf are the obvious plays that we've seen prior to him getting injured it's pretty much one of them goes off for a huge game every single week just figure out which one you want to play I think like point per dollar it's probably Lockett but based on how many people are going to play like it. I think it's probably Metcalf for GPPs just because he's going to come in a lot lower owned. He has huge, big playability, both of them do, but you kind of just go with lesser owned of the two and move on.
0: You know, there's that saying that you saved the best for last. We definitely saved the best for last this week. Dallas at Kansas city 55 and a half total. I think it's the highest total we've had this season. Uh, Kansas city, a two and a half point favorite. Let's start with the Cowboys. Um, the Chiefs, the worst defense in the league this season. The Cowboys, one of the best offenses in the league this season. Like, I mean, Dak, Zeke, Lamb, Cooper, Gallup. It's just more about getting Schultz. the getting the pieces right. More, than, I think Schultz takes a hit with Gallup back,
1: but that's just uh, he me. He definitely does, but I still think he's in play.
0: Well, talk I to me play. about the Cowboys.
1: Okay, well, they're going up against the worst defense in the league, the team that's given up probably the most big 30-plus point outings out of any team in the league. They have Gallup, they have Cooper, they have Lamb, they have Zeke, they have Dak, they have Schultz. They have every single weapon imaginable that can end up getting it done. You just kind of wait and see where ownership ends up going. Like Lamb or Cooper could end up on a massive outing. I mean, CD's had 17-plus points in four of the last five weeks – Cooper is generally his go-to guy. They're going to be facing man coverage with both these guys thriving. There's not a single way to cover every single guy in this offense, and it's not like they're good against the run either. Zeke can end up with 20-plus rushes here. They could just end up running the ball on the ground the entire time. So play this side every which way. It's that simple. Dak could end up with – 35 points here like he can end up with 400 plus passing yards and four touchdowns that's how big his upside is in this spot and just based on volume one of these guys is going to end up absolutely destroying their price tag potentially two potentially three
0: well i mean gallup is still way too cheap he's going to be yeah. really popular here as he should be um snaps look good last week he had five targets um he's just too cheap for a matchup going up against kansas city Dak's your cash game quarterback this week, right? Like, if you're playing cash games, if you still do that kind of thing, like you're playing Dak or Mahomes in cash, right?
1: Uh, I mean, either that or you're playing down for, like, Cam Newton because you want to take the pieces from this game. Fair enough. Um, on the Kansas City
0: side, I mean, Edwards Hilaire is back at practice. They want to kind of see how he does this week before knowing if he's going to get activated or not. So we'll see if it's going to be him or Williams. But, I mean, it's Tyreek and Kelsey. It's Mahomes. Um, I mean, you could take shots on Pringle and Hardman if you want to. But I think it's Kelsey. I think it's Hill. And I think it's Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yep. That's it. I mean, if CEH ends up playing, I think you can use him. I mean, he'll still get a decent amount of work in the receiving game. They might bring him in slow. They might not. Um, but, yeah, like, it, it. It again, this game, just stack every which way. Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, CEH, like, this is going to be a massive scoring game. I think the total is too low at what it currently is. This is going to be a huge score here. And while it might be a smart tournament move to fade it, I'm not going to fade it.
0: I don't even think it's a smart tournament move to fade it. I think you look for other games to pivot. Sure. Unless you're a single entry person. Um, I mean, if you're playing more than like 10, 15, 20 teams, I mean, you, you could go underweight on this game, but you're not fading this game. Like this game has a 55 and a half total for a reason. Um, I will say if Edward Hilaire does not play, I love Williams. He's very involved in the passing game yep. and he, he's like a thousand dollars too cheap. If Hilaire doesn't play, let's play the morning grind football game. And then um, we'll get out of here. Give me a quarterback that you think will throw for 300 yards this week. Derek Carr. I'm going to go opposite side of that game. I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Give me a low owns. We don't have ownership up yet. Um, I think we do now. It wasn't up this morning. It's Uh, up now. All right. Well, I'm going to open it. You give me a low owned running back for a touchdown this
1: week. It says Zeke's coming in under 6% ownership. (laughs)
0: I'll take the over on that ownership.
1: Yeah. um, It was a little tough with all the injuries. I guess I'm going to go with Mixon. I like
0: it. I'm going to go Josh Jacobs because he's going to remind us that he's Josh Jacobs this week.
1: Remember? So we just stick with the entire Cincinnati game. We're, here. we're,
0: uh, we're on it right now. Um, I will say ownership wasn't up this morning when I was kind of looking at stuff, but Jonathan Taylor at 5% owned for his workload seems a little low. Um, so if that stays that way, and he could be like a, a forgotten piece this week for sure. Uh give me a quarterback wide receiver stack for a touchdown.
1: I'm going Russ to Metcalf.
0: I like it. I like it. I'm gonna go I'm trying to go off the board a little bit here. Um give me Wentz to Pittman. Wide receiver for eight plus targets this week. Hunter Renfro. Oh, I like that one. We could just pick that whole game.
1: <laughs> you gonna go chase?
0: I thought about going chase, <laughs> but I think I'm gonna go AJ Brown on a bounce back week this week. Um, he, he, I mean, he came into last week with at least nine targets and four straight, and just last week did not get anything going. So I'll go AJ Brown as a bounce back. Uh, give me a tight end for a touchdown. Dan Arnold. Hey Arnold. Um, I think I'm going to go Cole Komet.
1: I like that one a lot.
0: I really like his price. I was going to go him or Trotman. I like both of those guys. as cheap tight end plays this week. Uh, and then give me a defense to score 10 or more points. Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, the Browns, the, their defense is priced so appropriate. Um, I like that a lot. I'm going to go Eagles up against um, New Orleans, so.
1: I was I was also thinking about Titan, but they're just too gosh darn expensive.
0: Yep. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: No, nope. about to head down to Arizona for for Thanksgiving, which luckily is another sports betting state.
0: Lucky for you, you'll have to get your DFS teams in before you go, but you can still uh, do nope. your. Sp-
1: they're open for DFS too.
0: Look at that, Arizona. What's up? Yep. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for week 11. Any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Nope. I got I to go pack.
0: All right. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you guys again week 12 next week. Hey, kids.